today, I'm excited about the opportunity of being here today. I thank God for all the people that are visiting with us uh, this morning. I expect many, many more that will be coming in in the 11 o'clock service after they thaw out this morning. Amen. An airplane pilot was flying over the Tennessee mountains and pointed out a little lake to his co-pilot, and he said to his co-pilot, do you see that little lake down there? When I was a kid... I used to sit in a rowboat down there fishing, and every time a plane would fly by, I would, overhead, I'd look up, and I wished I was flying that plane. But now that I'm flying a plane, now I look down and say I wished I was in that little lake fishing. Amen? You know, when you think about it, contentment can be an elusive pursuit that we have in our life. We go after what we think will make us happy, only to realize that what we think will make us happy, it's most of the time, simply don't work. In fact, we are happier before we start the pursuit. It's kind of like a story of two teardrops that was floating down the river of life, and one teardrop said to the other, who are you? I'm a teardrop from a girl who loved a man and lost him. Who are you? The, uh, the teardrop said to the other. I'm a, I'm a teardrop from the girl who found him. Amen. You know, a lot of times when you look at life, uh, we aren't content to live within our means. Uh, we're always looking for something else. We, we go into debt to live just a bit better uh, than we can afford. And then we suffer the anxiety of not being able to pay our bills. Of course, at the advertising industry, uh, comes across to all of us to say to us, you can't live without this product. And boy, they're good at it, aren't they? Can I get an amen? And oftentimes we take the bait. Our discontentment is reflected in our, in, in our mobility. Uh, we're always looking for a new job, a new house, a new car, a, a new location. And discontentment rears its ugly head in the statistics of divorce. People are looking for a, another spouse, someone, another person that will care for them. And it's almost as if we're living in a world today to where we ask the question, how do you find contentment? How do you find that place in your life where you're finally going, I'm okay? And let me ask you a profound question. Are you ready? Save it. Are you content? Are you content in your life? Do you have a peace that passes all understanding? Are you okay the way you are? Now remember, I told you this, write it down. Contentment is not complacency. In other words, we've got to find the difference between the two. Complacency is laziness, unattached, un unmotivated. But when we talk about contentment, what is that? And last Sunday, we started off teaching on a new, brand new series last Sunday called The Mystery of Contentment. Now, when I begin to pray about that, I begin to realize that finding contentment in your life can be a real mystery. That is, a lot of people are looking for it and searching for it, but they don't know where to find it. When we opened up last Sunday, you may want to write this down, we talked about how can you be content in Christ? How do you find that place in your life where you're going, I'm okay with Jesus, and Jesus is okay with me? So I want you to write down four things. It's not in your outline this morning, but it's profound and it's powerful. How do you find contentment in Christ? It has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today, but it does 
allow us to get our structure for where we're going to go. First of all, write this down. If you're going to be content in Christ, you've got to be captured by Christ. That is, Jesus has got to capture your heart. You've got to have a personal relationship with him. You've got to be born again. You've got to know him in the full pardon of sin and what salvation is. Remember, Nicodemus, you must be born again. So you've got to be captured by Christ. That's exactly what happened to the great apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. He was captured by Jesus. So write that down. You've got to be captured by Jesus. All right, secondly, you've got to be controlled by Christ. You've got to let the Holy Spirit control your life. You don't act and react out of the flesh, but you allow the Holy Spirit to control you. So you've got to be captured by Christ. You've got to be controlled by Christ. And then thirdly, write this down, you've got to be captivated by him. You've got to be captivated by Christ. You've got to have a love for him that passes anything else this world would have to offer. You've got to fall in love with him because he first loved you. You've got to have an undying love for Jesus. You've got to be captivated by him. You've got to set your affection on things above and not things below. You've got to be captivated by him in your thoughts, your actions, your reactions. You've got to allow him to be the Lord of your life. So you've got to be captured by him. You've got to be controlled by him. You've got to be captivated by by Christ and then fourthly write this down you got to be crucified with Christ that is the old man has got to die there's got to be a new man that comes alive in you Paul said I am crucified with Christ I live yet not I say it with me but Christ lives in me thank God for that so if we're going to be content in this world we have to always remember this don't forget it you got to start off with Jesus can I get an amen if you leave Jesus out of your life and you leave Jesus out of the equation you will never be content in your life. So today, I want to take it a step further. So are you ready? Say amen. I want to talk today about learning how to be content. Learning how to be content. Say that with me, everybody, out loud. Learning how to be content. Say it again. Learning how to be content. Underline the word learning. Learning. You got to learn this. This is something you're not born with. You've got to learn it. You've got to learn it after you have that personal relationship with Christ. How do you learn to be content? How can you be okay with life? How can you have peace and joy and all the things that God tells us in the fruit of the Spirit? You've got to learn how to be, con be content with Christ. Now, I think you would agree with this if you do say amen. That the world is trying to rob that from us. The world is always trying to seep into our life. Can I get an Amen. Always trying to push Jesus out and more of the world in. And if you allow the world to come in your life and other things become your priority, you'll never be content. Learning how to be content. Open your Bible to the book of 1 Timothy. We're going to read there, start there today. 1 Timothy chapter 6, are you with me? Say amen. 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning in verse number 6, you find the great apostle Paul that is speaking to his, his student, Timothy, and he says these words, but godliness with contentment is what, church? Great gain. Now, you've got to remember, you've got to have godliness. What is that? That is the principles of the Word of God that govern your life, your choices, your decisions, and don't get it backwards. You cannot have contentment without first pursuing godliness. The Bible says if you will have godliness in your life, you'll notice there, with contentment, you'll have great gain. Read verse 7 with me, everybody. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is what? 
certain you will carry nothing out of this world. Do you believe that? Say amen. That is, you brought nothing in this world. Say, Brother Jackie, what does that mean? You was born naked. You had nothing. You didn't bring anything in this world. And you're going to carry nothing out of this world. So the fact of the matter is, so many people live for this world and this world only. Jesus said, don't you dare let your treasures on this earth because moths are going to eat it, rust is going to corrupt it, and thieves are going to steal it. But Jesus said, lay your treasures in heaven. There is, you want to set your life up there. Don't live for the things of this world because the gravity of this world will always remember this, pull you down. So we've got to realize that if we're going to have contentment and learn how to have it, we've got to make sure we have godliness with contentment and it'll bring us great gain. Now look at the next verse. It's found in the book of Hebrews. I want you to turn over there, Hebrews chapter 13. Let's see what, what the writer of Hebrews says about contentment. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5 and verse number 6, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, read this with me, everybody, I will never leave you, nor will I ever, what, forsake you. Now watch verse number six. So that we may boldly say, say it out loud together boldly, everybody, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do to me. Now watch this. What is he saying? Listen, you can count on God. That no matter what's going on in your life, you can count on God. Don't allow your heart to become covetous. Don't do that. Don't allow your heart to be greedy. Don't, don't allow your heart to become worldly. Don't think that you've got to have this and you've got to have that. You've got to realize that your, heart, your car is not your helper. Your house is not your helper. Your finances is not your helper. Your retirement plan is not your helper. The Lord is our helper. Can I get an amen? And the Bible says, I will not fear what men will do to me. What does that mean? Life cannot bring me down because I have a higher God that will always lift me up. When I'm down, God will lift me up. When I'm struggling, God will lift me up. When I'm having a hard day, God will lift me up. When I'm in the valley, he'll walk with me. I'm telling you, our God is a God that's dependable. Can I get an amen? So when I look there together, the Lord is my helper. Praise God for that. Somebody ought to say amen. Praise God for that. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 11 and 12 says these words. Not that I speak in respect of won't. But I have what, church? Say it together. Learned. I have what? Learned. In whatever state I'm in, therewith I will be content. On the mountain, what am I going to be? Content. In the valley, what am I going to be? Content. Why? The Lord is my helper. If I'm having a good day, I'm content. If I'm having a tough day, I'm content. Why? I, the Lord's my helper. If I get a bad report from the doctor, I'm not going to sweat that because guess what? The Lord is my helper. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Can I get an amen? We realize that we serve an all-powerful God. Can I get an amen, church? And we know that if God be for us, who can be against us? Can I get an amen? So we look there together and we begin to realize that. So let's think about it for just a moment. How in the world do you learn to be content? How do you do that? Well, number one in your outline. Give it to you quickly. Listen carefully. Learn contentment is spiritual discipline. Spiritual discipline. If you're going to be content and you're going you're to have that in your life, it is a spiritual discipline. A spiritual discipline. Spiritual disciplines are always regulated by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. 
In other words, you have to have faith that gets stronger and stronger no matter what's going on in your life. You've got to learn contentment because you discipline yourself. You discipline yourself to get up on a 17-degree Sunday morning come to church. You discipline yourself to have your ears attuned to the Word of God. You discipline yourself not to let your mind roam when the Word of God is being taught. You discipline yourself to be a prayer warrior. You discipline yourself to read the Word of God. You discipline yourself to walk before the Lord. You discipline yourself to resist temptation. You discipline yourself to say no to the world and yes to Jesus. You have to discipline yourself. Notice what Paul says about that in the book of Philippians. If you'll open your Bible there now, open your Bible because I want you to see it. Open your Bible to the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 11. Are you with me? Let's look there together. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be what church? Content. Y'all not with me today. You got to stay with me. For I have learned in whatever state I am, therewith to be what, church? Content. I know both how to be what? Say it. Abased, and I know how to abound. Uh, everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Abound, both to abound and to also know how to suffer need. You know what? It's, life's good when it's all going your way, isn't it? Life is good when you're on the mountaintop. Life is wonderful whenever the sun's out and everything's good. But what about when you have to walk through the valley? What about when you have to struggle? What about when you don't know what you're going to do? What about when the money runs out before the month ends? What about all that stuff? What do you do? Paul says, I've learned that I know how to be low. I know how to be, I know how to struggle. Now, next Sunday, we're going to talk about that. How do you struggle? How do you struggle and come out a winner? How do you struggle and come out on top? We're going to talk about that next Sunday. But Paul says, I've learned how to be abased. Now, what does that mean? It means I've learned how to be humble. I've learned how to be low. I've learned how to go through hard times. I've learned how to go through hard times. Watch this. Are you listening? And be content. You know what? Can you do that? Can you do that in your life? When you get the bad news, can you still be content in Jesus? When, when, the, when, when, the, when the trouble comes in, can you say, God, watch this, I'm yours. I belong to you. And God, no weapon will form against me. I will prosper and every tongue that rises against me in judgment. You will condemn because this is the heritage of the Lord. And God, you know what? You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. You're always going to be there. The Lord is my what, church? Heifer. He is there to help me. So God, I've learned when things are down here, watch this now. Are you listening? Are you watching? I can be content. Why? Because my life don't belong to me. My life is not my life. Remember, I am crucified with Christ. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I've learned to release it and let it go. That is, and a lot of the preacher, a couple pastors here today, guys, you know what I'm talking about. There's Sundays when, you, when, you, when, you, when the congregation numbers are down, and you still have to have the joy of the Lord. Can I give an amen, brothers? You've got to have the joy of the Lord. You've got to have contentment in that. When you're walking through the valley of life, when you're struggling, when things are going not so good, content. And then Paul says, I've learned how to abound. 
You know what? A lot of people mess up when it's going good. Uh, you know what? I've learned in my life that my prayers becomes more intensified when I'm struggling. But what about when life's good? When everything's going good? If you're not careful, you'll have a tendency to forget God in the good times. So we've got to learn how to be content in all the... Watch this. You just got to learn how to level out your spiritual life. And you know what that is? A spiritual discipline. We're in the middle of a Daniel fast in our church. I don't know how many of you are doing it, but Denise and I are doing it. And I told you last week I would kill for a bacon cheeseburger right now. The fact of the matter is, you know what? It's not easy having a spiritual discipline. It's not easy being consistent in that. But you have to learn how to do it. Can I get an amen? Now, number two, quickly. Learn contentment gratefully savors the blessings of Christ. Learn contentment gratefully savors the blessings of Christ. And boy, I like that. When I wrote it down, I thought, Brother Jackie, that's a good word, savor. You know what? When you look there together, you've got to learn to savor the blessings of Christ. Just marinate in the blessings. Just let God bless you. Let God's blessings just saturate your spirit and your mind. No matter what's going on in your life, you're just, sitting, you're just savoring the what? Blessing. Anybody in here been blessed by the Lord? Can I get an amen? Hey, anybody in here really been blessed by the Lord? Can you give him praise today? God is good. Can I get an amen? You know what you do? <clears throat> Watch this. Watch this. Savor his blessings. Doctor said, savor his blessings. Don't let the blessings... Get way over here. But you know what you do? You savor the blessings. If God's been good to you, let it get close to you. If God's been kind to you, don't let it go. If God has blessed you in the hard times, watch this. Don't forget it. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. You encourage yourself in God. You allow the blessings of God to become, write this down, a priority of everything you do. You know what? You don't forget it when things are... And by the way, how many of y'all know there's going to come those valleys? There's going to come those hard times. When you're in those hard times, watch this. Don't look, at the, don't look at the hard times, but remember the blessings. Because if he did it once, somebody tell me. Y'all better help me. I'll get Baptist If he did it once, he'll do it a what? He'll do it again. If God's blessed me once, he'll bless me again. If God saw me through one thing, he'll see me through another thing. Isn't that right, Brother Johnny? He'll help us through the hard times. You've got to learn that. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4 says, come on now, say it together. Paul wrote this. He said, what? Rejoice in the Lord always. Y'all don't sound like you're convinced. Come on, say it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say Rejoice. Can I get an amen? Can we just rejoice right now, y'all? Let's give God praise today. He is good. Can I get an amen? You know what you do? You savor the blessings of God. Now, I'm going to give you three things you got to write down. This is so good. When I wrote it down, I thought, that this is good stuff. So first of all, write this down. Make more, more of your joys than you do your sorrows. Make more of your joys than you do your sorrows. Isn't that good, y'all? Make more of your gains than you do your, your losses. Do your thinking and your and uh, do that in your thinking and your speaking and everything. And I believe that you're going to find out that God will. You'll find that there's there's a lot to be thankful for, and you will savor the blessings of God. Look what Paul said in Philippians four six: Be careful for 
nothing. You know what that means, y'all? Don't be anxious, don't worry about a thing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now let's go back there for just a moment. I want y'all to see something. Are you with me? Say amen. He says in verse number six there, in, in that verse, he says, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by what church? Prayer, supplication, pouring your heart out to God with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. You know, when I think about that point, Brother Benny, letting your, just savoring the blessing of God, all of a sudden you realize that, that when you're going through a hard time, when you're struggling, when you're battling, when you don't know what to do, and you just say, God, you know what? I'm going I'm to savor in your blessings today. God, I, I know it's tough right now. My life is hard right now. It's a tough time for me. But God, I tell you what, I'm not going to let the tough times and the hard times dictate my actions and my reactions and my thoughts. But God, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'm going to rejoice. And I'm going to tell you, God, watch this. Remember this. I'm not going to be anxious over it. I'm not going to be anxious over it. I'm not going to let anxiety dictate my choices, my decisions in my life. Because how many of you know, anxiety and worry will drive you nuts. Can I get an amen? And you don't win by doing that. So you know what? The Bible says cast your care on him because he cares for you. You've got to realize that you are to savor in the blessing of God. And then number two, write this down. Make prayer a priority. If you want to be content in your life, make prayer a priority. I believe that all of us could do better in our prayer life. I believe that every one of us could get better in our praying. Make prayer a priority. You know what? I've learned that if I'm going to be content, I've got to do that. If you're like me, I'm one of those people. I'm a doer, I'm a doer, I'm a doer, I'm a doer. And a lot of times I just want to do and then pray about it. You know what I've had to learn to do? Pray about it before I do. Because if I make prayer a priority, then I'm talking to my Heavenly Father. And I want you to remember what I'm about to tell you. This is so important. It's not on your notes, but you need to write it down. Don't let your prayers become an exercise in worrying on your knees. Now, there's a lot of times when you go to pray, and all you do is tell God all your troubles. You know, and, and what, what we're really doing is we're just exercising our worrying while we're on our knees. Don't do that. When you're going through a tough time and you need contentment in your life, just start telling God all the good things about your life. God, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for this, and I'm thankful for that. And God, I'm so happy that you are my Lord. And God, you are my helper. And you are a very present help in my time of need. And God, no matter what's going on in my life, I'm going to praise you, Father. I'm just going to give you glory and honor. And God, I just want to tell you I love you today. And I know, God, that you'll never forsake me. And God, you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I'm not my own God. I belong to you. I'm a child of the king and because of that God I just want to get on my knees in my hard times watch this I want to get on my knees in my hard times and God everything around me is falling apart it looks like all hell's coming against me but God you're still on your throne and God you're still on your throne and because you're still on your throne God you're still in control can I get an amen and, and God if you watch the sparrows and you watch the flowers I know that you're going to take care of me can I get an amen and all of a sudden, your prayer becomes a priority. And remember what I'm about to tell you in the, in the next thing. Look at verse number 67. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, 
And watch this. Somebody read it with me. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will do what? Keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? You know what? When you're content, when you're, when you're finding that contentment, watch this. Peace. Peace in the midst of the storm. Peace in the troubles. Peace in the, in the problems. The peace of God that passes all understanding. When you've got that peace, people look at you and they'll ask you questions like this. How are you keeping it all together? How are you able to do that? And you know what you can say to them? Because of Jesus. I can keep it together because of him. Not because of me, but because of him. Now remember the next thing. This is good. I like this. When I wrote it, I thought, boy, this is good. Adam needs this one. Turn up the mercies in the music of your life. Ain't that good? When you're going through hard times and you need that contentment in your life, turn up the mercies in the music of your life. You know, God tells us in his word, his mercies are what? New every morning. You know, when you got a radio, and uh, I don't know much about singing, I don't know much about playing, and I sure don't know much about sound and all that stuff, but I do know this. If you want a little more treble in your music, what do you do? You just adjust it. If you want a little more bass in your music, what do you do, y'all? You just adjust it. You know what I've learned in my life? That if you're looking for contentment in your life, just turn up mercy. Just turn up mercy, Brother Randy. Just turn up his mercy in your life. When you're going through hard times and the devil's slamming you with a million things, just say to him, wait just a minute. I'm going to turn up the mercy of God in my life. Because, friend, we have a God that is merciful. Hey, can I get an amen? He is a God that's filled with mercy. And thank God for that. The, the Bible tells us, surely goodness and mercy shall what? Follow me all the days of my life. How many of y'all know that you got somebody following you all the days of your life? If you're a child of God and it's goodness and mercy, you know what? When you're going through a tough time, turn up the mercies in the music of your life. Look at what Paul did in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8 through 12. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are, come on, say it with me, true. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and there be any praise, somebody tell me what we ought to do. Think on these things. Those things, Paul says, which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do that, and the peace of God shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, he says, that now at the last of your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of what, for I've learned whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. For I know both how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere in all things I'm instructed to be full and be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. The Bible says that when you're going through these times in your life, you've got to think on things that are true, things that are honest, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of good report. You know what? When, the, when we're going through hard times, where does our mind go, everybody? It goes to the hard times. It goes to the difficulties. Paul says, don't do that. Whenever you're going through a hard time, say that point with me again. What do you do? Turn up the, the mercy in the music of your life. 
What do you think about then? Well, God loves me. That's good. Think about his love for you. Think about what's true. Think about what is a good report. Don't think about all the junk and all the garbage and all the stuff. Think about these things. And the Bible says, when you do that, watch this, the peace of God. The peace of God, the Bible says, will keep your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. And when you do that, you're going to see God give you a strength that you've never had before. And then number three, write this down. Learn contentment affirms the sufficiency of Christ. By the way, he is sufficient, church. His grace is sufficient. Can I get an amen? He, he, when, you're going, when you want to learn contentment, you've got to learn that you have a God that is sufficient. You have a Savior that's sufficient. Everybody else may walk out on you. Everybody else may turn their back on you. Everybody else may, may run away, but my friend, God is sufficient. He is sufficient to handle anything, any challenge that we have in our life. Because of that, I want you to remember two things. Christ is my sufficiency. Say that with me, everybody. Christ is my sufficiency. Christ is my sufficiency. When I thought about that and I began to understand that, uh, the secret of being content in any circumstances in life is these words, and you need to remember these words. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7. Paul was given a thorn in the flesh, and the Bible says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, Say it with me, everybody. My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in your what? Your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Paul says, I would rather glory in my infirmities so that the power of Christ will rest upon me. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is sufficient. He is sufficient for all of our needs. When you're going through times in your life and you're trying to learn contentment, you've got to learn that Jesus is sufficient. But not only is Christ sufficient, secondly, Christ is my strength. He is my strength. He's my strength. Somebody well said these words. You may want to write this down. God can double your load while at the same time tripling your strength. God can double your load while at the same time tripling your strength. You know, life gets heavy sometimes, but our God's able. Can I get an amen? And, and look, you think about your own self. You go, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. Well, I can do all things. Philippians 4, 13, through Christ who strengthens me. Do you believe it? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus not only is my sufficiency, Jesus not only is my strength, and thank God that he is. Can I get an amen? You know, when you're learning contentment, <clears throat> you can have that peace in your life. And you can have that peace because God is sufficient. Jesus is there. He, he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's always there. And the world is going to come at you with everything. And you're going to battle all this stuff in your mind and in your heart and your life. When you're learning contentment, you stop. 
You stop wherever you are. You don't become anxious and worried and filled with all kinds of emotions. But you get your spiritual mind on because it is a spiritual discipline. And you're able to say to yourself, Christ is my sufficiency. Christ is my strength. 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 And when you do that, all of a sudden, watch this. Peace. A peace that passes all understanding. Right now, before we go to the next point, would you just close your eyes quickly and just say that out loud? Christ is my sufficiency. Christ is my strength. Say it together. Christ is my sufficiency. Christ is my strength. Would you do it again with your heart? Christ is my sufficiency. Christ is my strength. Now with your heart really in tune, say it out loud. Christ. Christ. Do you believe it? Say amen. With our eyes closed for just a moment. Is there anybody in here that would say, Brother Jack, I need contentment in my life. Would you slip your hand up all over this place? I need contentment in my life. Just slip your hand up. There are hands everywhere. I need contentment in my life. Just right there where you are. Just right there where you are. May the power and the presence of God just fill your heart as you say these words together. Say it with me, church. Christ is my sufficiency. Christ is my strength. Say it again, everybody. Christ is my sufficiency. Christ is my strength. My prayer right now with every head bowed and every eye closed is that the peace of God will invade your heart and mind. Right now recognizing that Jesus is enough, that Jesus is sufficient, that there is no weapon that comes against you that God cannot handle, that there would be no anxiety in your mind, no worries in your heart, that even though you're walking through a tough time in your life and you don't know what to do, Christ is your sufficiency. Christ is your strength. Can we give God praise for that? Can I get an amen? He is good today. God is good. And I thank God for that today. Now, quickly remember this. Learn contentment. Gladly embraces the supremacy of Jesus. He is to be on the throne of your heart. He is to be on the throne of your life. How many of you believe this? There's no one greater than Jesus. Can I get an amen? When you are learning contentment, you're able to learn it by saying, I believe in the supremacy of Jesus. There is none greater than Christ. And guess what? This is powerful, y'all. When I realized something, this is what I did. I got off the throne of my heart and now Jesus sits on it. And because Jesus is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords, do you believe it? And he is sitting on the throne of my heart. He is my King. He is my Redeemer. He is my Lord. And watch this. He's got me in his hand. And because he's got me in his hand, I believe in his supremacy. He's going to take care of me. I can be content, not complacent, but I can be content. And the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse number 13, 
who has delivered us, come on now, from the power of darkness. Who did that, y'all? Jesus did that. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Do y'all believe that? Say amen. amen. How many of you believe that Jesus is king supreme? I believe that with all of my heart. Now because of that, Philippians 4.19 says, but my God, my God, do you notice that? Not your God, not their God, but my God, my God, my God. Who is my God, everybody? My God is the one who created everything. My God is the God that reigns and rules over this universe. My God is the one that is sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession for me. My God has translated me from darkness into his kingdom. My God has forgiven me of my sins because of his shed blood on the cross of Calvary. My God has wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life and he calls me one of his dear children because of that. My God has adopted me into the family of God and because of that, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? How many of you believe that? Say amen. Do you believe that? Give him praise because he is worthy of that. I believe that. My God. My God. You know, a few weeks ago when we got the report about Denise may have cancer, and every night we prayed together. You know, God, we belong to you. We belong to you. Every night we'd come together, we'd pray together. God, you know what? Uh, we, she belongs to you. She's one of your children. And, and man, you know what? We know this, y'all. No matter what comes into our life, we're not our own. We belong to him. And no matter what you have to walk through, he's got you, his eye on you. And my God is a powerful God. And my God is supernatural. And my God may have to adjust you to get you where you need to be. My God have to, may have to shift you. Watch this. He may have to shift you to a low point in order, to, in order to promote you to a higher point. My God knows what needs to be chiseled off of us. My God knows how to help us walk through the valley. And he knows how to make us soar on eagle's wings. My God. But irregardless of wherever my God has got me or you, if you're content with it, watch this. Boy, this is good. No matter what in life, if God be in it, it's good. Watch this. 
I can breathe because of my God. I can have peace because of my God. Everything out here may be falling apart, but in here, my God has got this. Now watch this. Don't miss this. The bottom line is powerful to me. If you want to feel as Paul felt, do you want to feel like Paul felt? That no matter what goes on in life, God's got it? You want to have peace that passes all understanding no matter what? Do you want that? Say amen. Then you got to live like Paul lived. But, but that's about, you know, you got to live like Paul lived. So if you, let's read that right, go back one thing, Bethany. Let's all read that together, everybody. If we want to live like Paul, or if we don't feel like Paul felt, then we've got to live like Paul lived. All right, here, here's the big deal. Would you agree with that? How would you complete this sentence? What would you put in the blanks? How would you fill that out? Now you go ahead and fill it out if you'd like to, because there ain't no answers right there except the one I want to give you in a minute. Would you say, for me to live is my kids? Would you say, for me to live is my job? Would you say, for me to live is to find the love of my life? Would you say, for me to live is to get a new house? Would you say, for me to live is to have a new car? What would you put in that blank that you would say for you to really live is what? Grandkids, kids, stuff, things. But what about when you die? You brought nothing into the world and you'll carry nothing out of the world. So if you're living for just your kids, guess what? You'll die one day, and they'll sell your junk at the yard sale. And they'll fight over your inheritance. If you're living for your job, and that's all that's got you, you are a pitiful sight. If you're living for the love of your life, man, the devil can deceive you so easily. But Paul said, for me to live, anybody know it, is Christ. And if I live for Christ, when I die, it's gain. If you have anything other than Jesus in that first blank, for you to die is to lose. For you to die is to lose. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. Anything other than Jesus is going to cause you not to gain, but to lose. Paul says, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. If I can live in Christ, I can be content. And if I die, or when I die, I gain. I don't lose. I wonder today, if you're living for Jesus, I wonder if you was able to put that in that first blank. I'm living for Jesus. If you're not living for Jesus, you're losing out on life. You'll never be content. 
So today I want to ask you a question. Would you like to live for him? Would you like to give him your life? Would you like to say, Lord, I want to make you Lord of my life, ruler of my heart? Would you like to start today brand new, start all over again? And say, God, starting today, I'm going to be content in you and I'm going to live for you. Some of you here this morning may have never asked Jesus in your heart. Today is the day to do that. Today is the day for you to say, Lord, I'm tired of living this life by myself. Lord, I want to give you my life. I want to give you my heart. I want you to come into my heart, my life. I want to make that decision today. Today is a brand new day for me, God. Would you come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and Lord, I want to be one of your children. God, I want to do that. For those of you that's never asked Jesus in your heart, in a moment, we're going to have an invitation time. We're going to invite men and women and boys and girls to come to ministers. They're going to be down here to say to Christ, I want to give you my heart. Or maybe some of you today have wandered away from the Lord. Maybe the things of this world have seemed to creep into your heart. And today, you'd like to say, Brother Jackie, I want to recommit my life to the Lord. I really want to do that. Or maybe you're looking for direction in your life and you need to come to an old-fashioned altar and just pray. Or maybe you'd like to become a member of this church. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand. And when you stand, men are going to be down here and they're going to be down here to help you with that decision. So men, if you would come now and let's prepare this moment. So today, I want to encourage you as God begins to speak to your heart, your life, for you to say yes to Him. Today is an opportunity for you to start living for Jesus. Would you do that? Would you do that? Today, let's stand together all over this auditorium. As we stand together for just a moment, I'm going to ask you to do something as you stand. Everybody standing, every head bowed and every eye closed for a moment. If you'd like to come to this altar, you come now. This is your moment. I believe that some of you are restless in your heart, restless in your spirit. Why don't you step out right now and come? Just pray before the Lord. Make a decision for Jesus. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. You will never get a better opportunity than right now to respond. Will you come? Will you come? Will you say, Lord, today, I want contentment in my life. You come. As we begin to sing, people are coming. You come right now. Everybody's singing together as people are coming. You come.